Hey guys, welcome back. Happy New Year. Today's January the 1st. Um, last year was a pretty eventful year. I'm glad it's kind of behind me. Um, let's see. Today I am in the camper and hanging out. Today is the last I believe the last day of hunting season so my husband and my son are out there hunting for the day so I have another day to myself me and the dog so you may end up hearing the dogs drink water or shake or something to that effect hopefully they don't start barking at anything but we'll see um like I said it's the new year and no I don't have a whole lot of goals I don't have a lot of New Year's resolutions, you know, lose weight, blah, blah, blah. I'm just not that type of person. Um, I like to live day to day. Um, if I get something in my mind that I really want to accomplish, then, you know, I'll give myself a certain time frame to accomplish it. And if I don't accomplish it, then it's not the end of the world. Um, it is a little disappointing and I try even harder um, the next time but you know life is life you experience things you you go through things you pull through you mire down you <laughs> there are so many aspects of life that you can't just schedule everything and so many things go awry or go in a different direction that you than what you had planned on and that's fine I, I like to be I like to be a little loose with that so that I'm not so disappointed or so upset when something doesn't go the way I wanted it to go or the way that someone else wanted it to go I'm try I try to be a little bit more lenient on myself and others so that I don't expect too much um but I guess what I was I was going to talk about today was a little bit more about me and um, kind of finding out that I am autistic. I, I guess it would start when I went into the hospital a couple years ago for suicidal ideation and... I was just completely burned down, burned out, and didn't know that I was burned out. Um, we just thought it was just straight up depression and anxiety, and that was it, and, or in PTSD, CPTSD. But all those things were part of my autism that I didn't realize until coming out of the hospital I did more and more research because I wanted to know how to help myself and help how to help my family heal and become stronger so one of my one of my special interests one of my obsessions is finding something to research and researching it until I'm I wouldn't call myself an expert on anything but until I am well versed in it, well saturated in it. Um, so I did so much research and then I found a few vlogs 
um, where they were talking about how they found out they were autistic in their 20s or when they were a kid or um, there was a few that that found out that when they were in their 20s and 30s and I'm 36 in a few days I'll be 37 but I'm gonna say 36 um so I watched those videos and I listened to podcasts and I listened to uh, I read blogs and research papers and um peer reviews and medical everything medical medical podcasts medical videos medical journals um research sites just Anything I could get my hands on, I would read and listen to. And it just kept clicking. Every, not everything, but 95% of all the things that I had been through looked and sound, sounded like autism. And it just clicked. It just made so much sense that I had been hiding myself for so many years trying to deal and cope and I wasn't doing anything but hurting myself and hurting the ones that are around me because they didn't understand what I was going through internally and I didn't even know how to express what I was going through internally because that's not how you do it that's that's not how I was taught when I grew up is you keep everything closed if you're struggling with something then you know, figure out a way to fix it, but don't put your troubles on other people. You know, don't, don't add any weight to someone else's shoulders. So I learned to self-internalize, to have everything I did, everything I thought and felt inside, I kept inside. Uh, I mean, I would have conversations with people and I would, I would act neurotypical and, you know, I would joke and, and have conversations and I worked and I held jobs down and it was rough and I did not realize how much of, how much damage I was doing to myself until I went into the hospital and then until I really researched everything and it clicked on the autism and hopefully soon I'll get an assessment. I'll get in for an assessment and see where that leads me. But for right now, I'm pretty damn sure I'm autistic. <laughs> there is not much room for doubt at all. There's like no doubt in my mind. And every day I go through something and I'm thinking, how, how do I need to cope with this autistically? How do I need to accommodate my autistic traits I don't know sometimes I'm still figuring out how to express things and how to how to word them like a burnout or a shutdown or a meltdown or autistic autistic ways autistic feelings whatever I don't know it, it's still a new journey for me and it's still something that I'm still learning on and so 
I'm not going to have the perfect wordage for all the things that I go through or all the things that other people go through. I mean, sometimes you, you hear, oh, don't call somebody autistic or what is it? Um, you're, you have autism or you are autistic. There's arguments over both of those sayings, but I really don't care. (laughs) I say I'm autistic and I have autism. So it's the same thing for me in a sense of just verbalizing what it is that I need. Um, so let's see. I started out in elementary school having a lot of problems. I had a lot of problems growing up. I did. I had um, an abusive family, and which did not help with how I coped with things and and everything just like uh, like I said I internalized everything I just pulled it all in and acted completely neurotypical on the outside so that I wouldn't bring any attention to myself and when I couldn't do that was when I was so stressed I was completely on meltdown Um, I remember in elementary school they had to well I went into school that day and I sat down at the desk, and I remember I couldn't stand my teacher. She was so, so mean. She had one of those wooden spoons. One side had a smiley face on it, and the other side had a frown face on it. Please, for the, oh my gosh. Why the hell would you have a smiley face on the wooden spoon that you're going to beat kids with? Anyways, oh my gosh, um... So that day, I, I guess I couldn't take everything anymore. I guess some things were happening at home and I mean, something abusive or, or part of my parents' divorce or something or all of it combined, um, I went into complete shutdown, which as I hear now, it may be called catatonic. I sat in my desk and I didn't do anything. I stared straight ahead. They say I didn't go to the bathroom. I didn't eat. I didn't go to recess. I didn't do anything. I just stared ahead of me. And by the end of the day, my sister was in the same school, so she was a grade two two grades above me yeah two grades above me and they had to call her in there at the end of the day because we couldn't we couldn't leave because I wasn't doing anything I wasn't moving and I do not understand why anybody didn't call my parents or call a counselor or call the nurse I I just don't I don't understand how they could have just ignored it and just let it go. But they did. And they called my sister in there to try to wake me up. Air quotes there. Um, and 
my sister states that she whispered in my ear, they're about to call my mom. And my sister states that that kind of woke me up. And I got up, I grabbed my bag, grabbed the papers on my desk, shoved them in my bag, and we left. Well, this happened four or five times. I don't remember every single one of them. Um, I do remember, I remember one of them, and that was the one I just told you about. The one I could, I remember my sister saying, Mom, they're going to call Mom to come and get you if you don't wake up. And I got up like everything was completely normal and grabbed my bag and we left. And they didn't call my mom that day, but the next time it happened, they called her. And I do remember when we left, they had called her at work and she had to leave work a a little bit early, which was a huge no-no for my mom. She could not stand leaving work early or missing work. Um, she would always state to us, unless you're bleeding or puking, I'm not coming to get you. So, <laughs> and if you can put a band-aid on it, then you're fine. <laughs> but the second time, I think it's the second or third time it happened, they called her and she came to pick us up. She was so furious. I remember being so worn out and so tired, even though I had done nothing that day, but sit in a desk and stare. And I was completely out of it. Don't remember anything. And even my sister trying to wake me up and tell me to get up. I don't remember anything until we got home and my mom was furious she was so pissed off that I had quote showed my ass unquote and she gave me a very very thorough whooping um, I guess to teach me not to show my ass I don't understand that I don't understand the connection with those two, but it happened, and it happened a few more times, and my sister would try to force to wake, force me to wake up so that I wouldn't have to go home and get beat again for something that I couldn't, I wasn't able to control. Obviously, this was a mental issue. Obviously, there was something going on with me and no one no one gave a shit enough to help or enough to just to figure out why I was doing these things why was I going catatonic in class I mean that is not a normal thing for a child to do it is not a normal thing for anyone to do and there's something wrong. How they didn't do anything is beyond me. And it, it infuriates me to know that that happened and no one did anything. So when I got a little older, I guess that helped color my judgment on school and other people. Because I guess I always thought to myself, I'm the only one 
who's ever going to understand me. I'm the only one that is weird. Everyone is going to look at me weird if I do something odd. So I need to do everything I can to look and sound normal. I would make, you know, I'd make a joke or something and everybody will look at you weird. And I'll be like, okay, not making jokes for a long time. Um, or I would try to slide into a conversation with other friends at school and feel like the 10th wheel. <laughs> and if I said something, everybody would just ignore me. I was ignored a lot. And in a way, I ended up liking that. Because I didn't have... I wasn't forcing myself to conversate. I was just standing there looking like I was actually in the group. But I was in my own world. I was so far in left field. (laughs) And I I was making stories up in my head. I was... I was just in my own world that I made up. It was it was pretty rough. I always had trouble with schoolwork. I always had problems with passing classes and, and but they kept pushing me through. Which is another issue I have, but they kept pushing me through even though I was struggling so bad. And I didn't get a whole lot of support at home. I got a lot of beratement. I had a lot of moments where I don't get why you can't do this. Or this is so simple. Or get your sister to help you. And then my sister would help me. And I just felt stupid. Because she was so book smart. She blew by her stuff. She made A's. And I felt so stupid around her. I felt so ignorant. And there was so many times that she would make faces at me or she'd make comments that made me feel even smaller. Um, she She would get pissed because she had to help me, which is normal for a sibling. I mean, the older sibling has to help the kid, the younger sibling... That's annoying. That's aggravating. You're going to bitch about it. But. But she would belittle me in ways that I don't even think she realized what she was doing. And I would just feel so, so stupid and weird. And it never, it never changed. It never got better. Even when we got older. She would just give me this look that I was just being a dumbass. Every time I did anything, every time I said stuff. I don't know, something I have to come to terms with myself, but... But... Let's see. I really didn't have a whole lot of friends. I usually typically only had one friend at a time. I knew everybody, everybody knew me, but they didn't know me. They knew, oh, that's Patience. Yeah, she's in our class. But 
there wasn't no, like if you were out and about on town and you seen somebody, they weren't going to say, oh, hey, patients. Nope. They would avoid eye contact and keep on walking, which I learned to do very, very well for myself. (laughs) I learned it from everyone else. So, I only kept one friend at a time, usually, until, well, I really didn't have a whole lot of friends in middle, elementary school and middle school. I didn't really have best friends or anybody that I hung out with. Um, my sister moved out when I was 10, so from 10 on, on, on up. My mom started drinking, and my stepdad had been drinking, and everything was just really shitty for a long time. My sister left, and I felt like I was abandoned because even though we didn't get along very well, even though we weren't, like, besties, sisters, um, it was a camaraderie. It was a them against... I mean, us against them. It was, we're the ones getting abused. We're the ones getting hurt. And they're the bad guys. And now she left and I was the only one getting it. I was the only one taking the brunt of everything. It sucked. It really sucked. I lived in my room for years. I... I would come out and try to socialize with my parents and sit down and try to watch a show with them because that's all they ever did was was watch oh my god pet peeve of mine all they did was watch the Waltons or Little House on the Prairie or the Brady Bunch you know something the perfect little family and I never understood that I thought why are you watching all these shows that have all these perfect little families in them, but then you choose to do the complete opposite for your family? What the heck is that all about? So I didn't stay in there long watching TV with them because they were glued. They didn't have a conversation. There was no point. There was nothing there. So I'd go to my room and I would, I'd do my own thing. I'd watch my TV shows, Simpsons, (laughs) or journal, do my crafts. There goes my dog drinking, sorry, if y'all can hear that. (laughs) Um, And I'd, I mean, I'd call a boyfriend or something, I didn't have a whole lot of boyfriends, Um, and the ones I did, I really didn't do anything with them, I just, you know hey at school and bye that was it um I just I was so lonely and when I became I think it was when I was 15 16 maybe 15 or 16 and sorry about that (laughs) the dog shook um I was 15 or I was 16 and obviously my parents had already divorced when I was like three, three or no, four. I think I was four when they divorced. 
Um, so my dad had had us every other weekend custody every other weekend, and we'd go camping on the on the in the summertime for a whole week. And he would he would always be able to take us to the movies or take us to the races or he always took us somewhere where we just stayed at home and ate junk food and watched movies. So he was the cool parent, you know, the one that did stuff with us and did cool stuff with us. Which I know my mama probably definitely hated that because she was a single parent for a while and living on one paycheck is pretty dang hard when you have two kids back then and I mean it's hard now so at uh, let's just say 16 I can't remember if it was 15 or 16 um my dad decided he was going to move to the beach and that was it there was no other decision there was no other talk there was no patience what do you feel about this um there's no there was no plan of coming to get me once a month or every couple of months or anything it was just I'm packing up such and such date is going to be my last date here and I'm leaving and I thought you know as I was a kid you know I, I thought to myself selfishly I was like what about me what am I going to do? I already lost my sister. And now I'm going to lose the other parent that I actually seemed to give a shit. And he's going to move all the way to the beach, like four hours away. Which is not a huge amount of time to be living, I mean, to travel. But I was 16. I don't even think I had my license yet. And he was gone. And I hardly ever saw him, hardly at all, after that. We'd see each other for the holidays, you know, for Christmas, possibly Thanksgiving, possibly see me for my birthday. That was pretty much it. And I graduated, and he came to my graduation, and he stayed I don't even, I don't remember if he saw the whole ceremony or if he came in late. I just remember coming out of the ceremony and he gave me a hug and my godfather was there and he gave me a hug. Congratulations. Um, that's pretty much all I remember. I really don't even remember taking a picture. I do not have a picture of me and my dad in my gra- in my graduation gown. I it wasn't even that long. And we offered for him to come out to eat with us because my mom and my stepdad said they were going to take me out to eat to a, you know, steak restaurant or whatever. And to celebrate and we offered for them to go and I was like You know, you can sit at a table on your own if you want, because I know it's awkward with, you know, divorced parents having to sit at the table together, but it's not about them. It's about their daughter who just graduated high school, which was a huge, huge feat for me. I am still shocked that I graduated. Well, I'm not still shocked, but I was shocked at the time that I graduated. (laughs) 
by the skin of my teeth and no he he didn't have it he was just like no we're gonna head back home now to the beach and see you later okay I knew then that I really couldn't count on anyone at that moment I was dating my husband at the time and I felt like I could I could depend on him and I pretty much had already fallen in love, fallen in love with him I was still struggling with the thought that everyone leaves everyone doesn't treat you right no one no one is out there to help you no one is out there to look after you or to make sure that you're safe and okay and loved it, it it they're not there so after I graduated it was about a year we moved me and my me and my husband at the time my boyfriend we moved out into a tiny little trailer I was still so lonely I didn't have any family. My mom and my stepdad came to our trailer once. And they stayed for maybe less than 10 minutes and left. I don't think it was really good enough for them to be there. At least that's what we felt at the time. And we got engaged a year later and married a year after that he was the only one my husband is the only one that I can truly 100% count on then and that was very lonely for me because I wanted family I wanted a big family I wanted aunts and uncles and cousins and my parents and my sister and I wanted everybody to hang out and come together and, and be family but but it just wasn't going to happen. And I really wasn't even talking to my dad. I had quit talking to him for a couple of years. And I, I didn't feel the need to talk to him because it was all about him. Everything, everything was all about everyone else. And I was just in the shadow in the corner. No, I didn't holler out. No, I didn't speak up. Why the hell would I speak up? Why would I open my mouth and say, Hey, I need this. When I had tried to do that a few times when I was younger and just got slapped down. You learn not to voice what you need when you constantly get slapped down. You know, if you know that most 99% of everything is going to be negative when you ask for help, then you don't ask for help anymore. You quit. And you just go through the motions and you do what you have to do to get through every day so that you can go through the next day and the next day and the next day. And it was a really, really, really hard time that I went through and my husband helped me so much during
during those hard days. I cried on his shoulder. I cried in his lap. I cried cried many, many times. And I still didn't understand everything like I do now. It was such a struggle. And And now that I know that I'm autistic, there are so many things that could have been done differently. If I had been helped when I was in elementary school and went kind of catatonic maybe things could have been a little different not easier but just different not so traumatizing everything that I struggled with was traumatizing because everything is just felt ten times deeper I see patterns in everything and I see how people react to others and I watch body language and yes, I'm autistic, I watch body language. I watch all of those things and I may not always know what they mean, but I can also understand when I'm not wanted in a situation or needed or... When people don't want your opinion, um, I, I, I am definitely rambling on today. Hopefully I haven't lost anybody, but <laughs> I don't know. I probably need to wrap it up because it's already 30 some minutes. I guess I just needed to get that out of my system a little bit. So now, you know, there's. That's not everything that happened when I was younger. That's not all the traumatizing things. But that's some of them. And now that I know that I'm autistic, everything that I went through when I was a child and growing up, I can look back on and say, not everything, but I can most things I can say, that's from the autism. I reacted this way because of the autism or because I'm autistic this is why I shut down or this is why I couldn't handle this situation this is why I was traumatized more than what other people would be traumatized like if they went through the same situation that I went through and they weren't traumatized that's great for them I'm I'm super 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 happy that they weren't that is a hard thing to live with is trauma and but when I realized that I'm autistic all those traumas my reactions to them my symptoms my issues they all made sense because of the autism and now I'm I'm still working through things I'm still taking moments by moments and memories by memories and putting the pieces together and I I don't know about everybody else but I actually like the puzzle piece for symbol for autism because there were so many pieces missing in my life when I was growing up that I did not understand that things just did not connect they did not click and now that I'm grown older a little wiser and understand the autism 
in me, I understand some of those moments now. I understand why they were so traumatic for me. And I can start working through those moments, through those memories, through those issues. I try to put a different spin on it now. Instead of everyone being maliciously horrible to me, I can put a little bit different spin on it and say, well, I was just super freaking sensitive. Everything that happened, I was just super sensitive about. And it affected me differently. Um, it, It just didn't occur to me until I was older and did all this research and hit rock bottom a few years ago. So if you are feeling like maybe something is clicking with you, maybe depression, you know, the, the label of it, if, if a label helps you understand what you're going through or what you have been through, there's not a dang thing wrong with that label. If it helps you, if you can say, okay, this time at this traumatic event, I was super depressed. And when you say super depressed, it's not something that's just lightly. That's not said lightly. Depression is a very dangerous thing to deal with if you let it go on too long. If you let it go too deep. And get help. Acknowledge what it is that's going on and get help. You know, you don't have to go to your family and friends. You don't have to. I know everybody says, oh, your family and friends are there for you. Blah, 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 blah. Some of them are. Some of them aren't. Some of them you can truly trust. Some of them you cannot. But you can go to a therapist. You can go to a doctor. And you can tell them what's going on. And... Take what they say into consideration. If you don't fully agree with it, get online. Get online and start researching it. Go to more, go to a different therapist, go to a different doctor if you don't like their answers. Um, If you disagree with something, get to the bottom of it. Always let your doctors and your therapists know that you're here to get better. You're not here to be perfect. You're not here to take over, you know, to do their job for them. You're not there for that. You're there to help yourself. And I think if more people would do that, the better off this world would be. So that we're all a little bit more comfortable in our own skin. Instead of always looking outside of ourselves to what others are thinking and what what they want and what they need that that is a good thing when you're in a relationship with somebody it's always a good thing to be human and to understand that we're all going through shit and to have a heart but it doesn't mean you have to put yourself aside it doesn't mean you have to take away from what you need and what you want what you need is what you need there's no other there's nothing else 
that can overshadow that. It, if you need something, go for it. Don't hesitate. I have rambled on probably way too long. And I hope I didn't lose anybody. But if I did, it was a little bit more therapeutic for myself <laughs> to talk about these things. Maybe next time I'll go into, um, I don't know. I'll have to think about it. <laughs> I hope that everyone has a great year. A great 2020. And I hope everyone makes wonderful memories. And the memories that are not wonderful, I hope you can find a silver lining in them. Find a lesson. Find something that is a positive in your life. Quit looking for the negatives and start looking for the positives. Be happy with you. Be happy with who you are inside. And let more people know what's inside of you than what's on the outside. Look a little deeper and pull those things out and show them to people. And if they run, they run. There were leaves on the tree. They're not, they're not roots. They're not the trunk. <laughs> they're not branches. They're leaves. They blow away. They, they come and go. It's, it's okay. It's not the end of the world. You, did, you didn't lose anything major. They've moved on. You move on. You know, you'll, you'll find someone else. Someone else will come in or someone else will step up and listen and enjoy you for you instead of you for what the you can do for them they'll just enjoy you look for people like that hold on to people that are like that and let go of the ones that are not like that let go of the ones that don't truly enjoy you I hope that all of you have a great year and I hope you have a great week and I will talk to you guys probably next week bye